The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time. And usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. You're listening to episode 86. Have you ever wondered if you need to go to a post program or get a master's, or you're worried about your GPA and not really sure what to do about it? Well, today we're going to dive into your options and talk to someone who really knows about how PA students can make themselves stand out by pursuing further education. I sat down to talk with Dr. June Kim, the director of the post-bac pre-PA certificate program at Keck Graduate Institute. I think you're really going to like this one. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. This is Savannah talking here, and I am your host and the creator of the podcast and the PA platform. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Today's episode is a little bit different because I'm not talking to a PA, but I am talking to someone who is very passionate about helping people become PAs. So I was able to connect with um, Dr. June Kim, and so he is the director and also an instructor at the Keck Graduate Institute in Claremont, California. And you're going to learn a lot more about the program in our talk, but also just about how to improve your GPA and when and why you may need some type of graduate or post-bac program and then how to actually make that happen. You know, this is something that I get so many questions about, but there are so many programs and there's questions of whether or not they're accredited or a good program or worth your time or money. So after talking to Dr. Kim, I really feel that this is a great program. Um, They keep it small. There is not just classroom time, which I didn't know was part of a post-bac program. So it is full-time, but you'll learn this. Um, But there is classroom time, and then there's also just exploring the profession and learning more about the PA profession um, with field trips, as he says, and getting experience as part of the program. So I think that's really, really cool. But Take some time. I think you're going to enjoy it, and we'll just jump into our interview. Let's go. Side note, also, if you are interested in more information, all the links and info will be in the description of the episode, so just check that out if you're looking for more info. Sure. My name is June Kim. I'm the director of the post-baccalaureate pre-medical and pre-PA programs at the Keck Graduate Institute. I've been here at KGI since 2011 and serving as the uh, first program director. 
I've had a lot of fun in creating these programs from scratch. And so uh, a little bit about these programs is that they're what's known as an academic enhancer postback program, which as the name suggests, just means that you know, students have an opportunity to improve upon their um, academic uh, records. Uh, my, myself, I, I'm, I'm not a healthcare professional. I actually started off many, many years ago as a pre-med student. Uh, although I didn't take the path of uh, medicine as my profession of choice, I chose education. And so a uh, fun fact is that I've taught elementary school, middle school, high school, undergrad, and now graduate students. So I love education, been doing it since, I don't know, uh, 1999. So uh, 20 years of being in education and loving every minute of it. Which, um, which grade or level has been your favorite? You know, I think I do like the post back. So these are college graduates. Um, they're all adults, uh, over 21. Um, and I think that I really like that sort of uh, uh, age group because I feel like uh, there's a lot more examples, analogies, and references that I can use. Um, I, I like to use many of these sort of uh, references when I'm teaching. And so having older learners um, allows me to use and draw from a lot more examples. Okay, have any of your students followed you all the way through? <laughs> you know, um, the longest uh, period of uh, collaborating with the student is uh, I have uh, worked with two undergraduate students uh, when I was uh, working at USC, uh, University of Southern California. Uh, they uh, arrived here at KGI to do their post-baccalaureate work, and so uh, it would be about uh, seven to eight years collaborating with these students. But no elementary students has, <laughs> at least that I'm aware of. Haven't shown uh, up yet? No. Wow. Um, okay, so what's funny is when I was in PA school, I had this envisionment of myself going back and teaching PA school. Yeah. Like I love that aspect of my, my PA school had kind of a cool rotation where we were TAs and for a month we were at the school doing lectures, helping write tests and grade tests. I mean, getting kind of to be hands-on in the teaching aspect. So um, I guess I've kind of gone a different route with teaching, but um, I can see where like once you see yourself in that arena, it's, it's a nice little area. Absolutely. And uh, I think you're absolutely right in terms of you're able to be a teacher when you're in healthcare. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. Certainly, hopefully, are not just disseminating disseminating information to your patients, but you really are bringing them in and educating them. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> um, all right, so you've been in education. So just give us a short little what is Keck Graduate Institute or KGI, like you said. Yep. Yeah, so the Keck Graduate Institute, well, first off, frequently, frequently gets confused with Keck USC. Okay, I was curious about that, so yep. clarify. Yep. The Keck uh, Foundation, the WM Keck Foundation, is a very generous uh, organization that has contributed to many, many different important causes, and obviously our school's founding is, is one of them. Uh, but instead of uh, affiliations to USC, uh, the Keck Graduate Institute is affiliated with the Claremont Consortium of Colleges. So these are... Uh, colleges all located in a small city of Claremont, 
which is about 35 miles east of downtown Los Angeles. Uh, some people are more familiar with the undergraduate colleges like Harvey Mudd College, Pomona College, Scripps College, which is an all-women's college. We have uh, Claremont McKenna College and Pitzer College. Those would be our five undergraduate colleges. And then there's two graduate schools, the Claremont Graduate University, and then, of course, KGI being the seventh and newest school to the consortium. And all of these schools are sort of part of the same family, if you will. We have uh, a shared library uh, and other campus resources like the Student Counseling Center and so forth. Uh, but all seven are independent schools with separate presidents and separate sort of policies and, and, and treasury and so forth. Um, but it is, a, it is a unique model and it's, nothing, it's not unique just to the Claremont uh, consortium. I believe there are um, other consortiums throughout the country, uh, one in the Boston area. Oh, cool. Interesting. Well, I've heard, I've heard of Claremont, um, honestly, only because there's a fellow Durham PA who has her own clinic there. I don't know if you, Erin Jensen, she used to actually work with Dr. Pimplepopper. And so she, oh, yes. in Claremont, which I'm, I'm coming out to California this summer and I'm hoping to, to stop by y'all's little area. So yeah. Yeah, well, Dr. Pimple Popper is pretty famous because I even have a 15-year-old daughter who knows who that is, so. Yeah, I get asked about it daily at work. All my <laughs> patients want to know if I watch Dr. Pimple Popper. Um, yeah, <laughs> but she's out there somewhere. Um, okay, so I want to know more about this program. So we were talking before the interview started, and, you know, I get a lot of questions. So with PA students or pre-PA sure. students, GPA mm -hmm. grades being prepared academically is so so important and this is something that I talk about a lot because number one I get a lot of questions number two the PAEA you know in their statistics and studies and everything they will say that you know GPA and academic performance before PA school is the best predictor of how someone will do during PA school and passing boards which makes sense I mean I know some people have had hiccups along the way but um, overall, that is something that schools look at specifically. So a lot of people who have had those hiccups will come in and say, you know, I didn't do so great at the beginning. I have all these courses I need to retake or I need to show that I can handle tough coursework. How, where should I go? What should I do? Mm -hmm. And so my kind of advice to them typically is, you know, take more classes mm -hmm. somehow, whether that's independently, whether that's through a program. Um, I think people have questions about how to get into a post-bac program and kind of the hurdles with sure. where, how to get in. Like some people say, well, I can't do it because I've already maxed out how many classes I can take or I don't know where to go. Um, or yeah. should I do a master's program? Um, which to me, I don't think you necessarily need a formal master's program unless you plan on using that master's if PA is your ultimate goal. So anyway, that was a little long winded, but yeah, tell no, me, no. I, I know how how you have found that this type of post-bac pre-pa program fits in with these types of students sure sure um so ideally uh aspiring pa students would know the more the moment that they're born that they want to go into the pa profession uh, but we all know that's not typically what happens so um, i would even go a little further back than getting good grades i think this is where 
Uh, getting good grades is helpful because our GPA sort of serves as a passport to opportunities. When you have better grades, you have more options typically. But again, I think this is where you really want to first figure out, is this what you want to do? Um, and I think there's a lot of aspiring healthcare, you know, professions, uh, students that really are not uh, very uh, aware of the different options out there. I mean, even uh, watching a nurse practitioner and physician assistant uh, discuss their careers and professions, I mean, they're struggling to clearly define sort of, you know, uh, what each can and cannot do. And so there's certainly some overlap and, and it does get into a fuzzy area. But going back in terms of preparation, um, I think it's absolutely critical, and I'm sure, Savannah, you share this with uh, everyone you come across who's interested in the profession, that they should shadow or at least, you know, look into learning more about the profession. So we're going to assume that an individual knows that the PA is the path for them. And obviously, depending on when they sort of discover that, uh, they can then uh, focus on their studies. Uh, in this case, all the uh, prerequisites, uh, as you and I both know, for the CASPA, which is the application system used by many PA programs, really, really want to do well, particularly in those uh, prerequisite courses. Obviously, we want students to do well in all the courses, but really particularly those prerequisite courses, uh, which would be classes like biology and chemistry, human anatomy and uh, human physiology. Uh, so getting good grades is important, um, but so is clinical experience. Uh, probably the number one reason students are not admitted into programs is due to a lack of clinical experience. But what's also interesting, though, is there are certain programs out there where you don't need thousands and thousands of hours uh, of experience to be admitted. And so it really is difficult trying to figure out, well, you know, what's What's the best way to go? Um, well, if I had to uh, simplify and, and, and make a short laundry list, I would say number one is, is to gain the experience exposure to figure out if indeed PA is the path to go. Then you would select uh, a, a school or a program where you would take these prerequisite classes and get the best grades possible. Um, but on top of that, you sort of need to figure out your motivation for why. I mean, this is where it does vary. There isn't a right answer or a wrong answer. It really comes down to what are your personal goals. And these programs have very limited spots, and they really want students to persist and finish. And so what we find is that students typically don't drop out because they're not able to handle the academics. It's frequently it's an issue of uh, maybe personal challenges or just a, a lack of understanding for the profession. And so there's, there's a um, insufficient amount of motivation to help them get all the way through to the end. So really, you want to get good grades and so forth. But again, what happens if you don't get those good grades? Does that mean that your chances of becoming a PA are, are over? Of course not. You know, one of the great things about America is we have so many opportunities. And so if you don't get in on the first try, check, just, you know, try it again. If you don't get in on the second try, try again. And, and so these post-bac programs have really, really become popular. And as the name suggests, post-bac just means that it's uh, you know, coursework uh, done after graduating with your bachelor's degree. And so these post-baccalaureate programs are just merely programs that uh, consist of coursework, 
And then also there might be some co-curricular activities. It, it is a structured uh, sort of a program that has different components. Uh, as we uh, briefly mentioned, there are uh, students who can just take sort of an a la carte, do-it-yourself approach, which just basically means that you would take the courses that you need or maybe uh, courses that you didn't do very well. Maybe you got a C in, uh, you would want to retake. And again, the thing that makes admissions so challenging is it's not a recipe. Um, there isn't a, a cookbook recipe that'll lead to success, uh, but there's certainly, uh, think of it as almost um, a, a list of ingredients that you would need, but you're not told exactly how much of each ingredient you need, and that's unique to each individual. So certainly uh, a lot of different students have taken different paths to get there. Uh, so post-baccalaureate programs uh, really are, are available to help two sort of general groups of students. We have what's known as career changers. So these would be students who studied sociology, English, something outside of the sciences. Uh, sometimes students get confused with major. Uh, you don't have to be a science major. You can actually be a humanities major. As long as you have the science prerequisites completed, you, you are qualified to apply to a PA program. So um, if you, uh, are studying uh, towards a baccalaureate degree. Uh, you can choose a science major, you don't have to, but again, you will want to take those science prerequisites. Um, and some of those students who did not take those science prerequisites, and maybe they have been a teacher, a social worker, um, in marketing, maybe working for a company, those students have their bachelor's, but they don't have the prerequisites completed. So those types of students would be looking for what's called a career postback program. And these programs would offer the biology, chemistry, and so forth, uh, coursework that many PA programs require. So students can go uh, online and basically, uh, if you can Google AAMC post baccalaureate programs, they will find a database that they can use to search by state, uh, by the type of program, which in this case we're talking about a career changer postback program, uh, public, private, uh, population size. I mean, it's a really nice database that they can use and, and use that to help find a career changer postback program. Now, I mentioned KGI, we, our program is an academic enhancer. So that just means that um, students that are interested in pursuing PA uh, in our program, they've already taken all the prerequisites. They've, they've taken all of them, but their grades maybe aren't quite competitive. And we know that, again, uh, if you don't get in on your first try or if your academic uh, you know, qualifications are less than competitive, that doesn't mean you have to give up your dreams of becoming a PA. It just means that you have to spend some time uh, rebuilding your academic uh, reputation, if you will. So career changer programs help students take the necessary prerequisite courses. Academic enrichment or enhancer postback programs help students improve uh, their academic record to become competitive for admission into PA programs. Okay, I didn't know there was ever a difference or that's something really helpful. And I'll link to that um, search website in the description so everyone can find that. Yeah, it's a really great, um, you know, one thing I will mention though is that, you know, post programs, um, they fall under those two 
broad general categories of a career changer and academic uh, enhancer. Um, just just be uh, very uh, you know uh, aware that some of these programs they could be called a pre fill in the blank any health professions whether it's OT PT PA uh, really uh, what they are referring to is a career changer and so rather than looking at just the name or the title what you want to do is look at the coursework that's required of the program so if you look at the curriculum and it requires biology chemistry statistics and anatomy physiology then you know that's a career changer and if it's an academic enhancer it might have advanced biochem pharmacology molecular biotechnology i mean it, it basically has courses that you may be familiar to but maybe have never taken and so as the name suggests uh, it's an opportunity to uh, improve upon your academic record okay so let's say someone goes through the program at the end what do they come out with just a certificate or because they don't get a degree from this that's program. right that's right good question so um, again whether you're getting a certificate or a degree really um, the value in as well as the objective of students who pursue these types of programs is that they're trying to use it to help them get into APA program. Mm -hmm. um, and so it really is a means to an end. Um, however, there are some students who, for whatever reason, uh, wish to do a degree. Um, we do have some students who will earn a master's degree before moving on to medical school or before moving on to PA programs. Um, we've even had some students go on to PhD. Um, that's one of the, the really uh, versatile and flexible things I love about our program and our school is that students are able to come for one type of career path, but they actually have a, a, a quite a few options in terms of where they're going to go afterwards. So, uh, in fact, uh, one of the impetus for creating a post-bac pre-PA program is that um, there was quite a bit of interest amongst our post-bac pre-med. So our post-bac pre-med program has been around since 2010. Okay. And our post-bac pre-PA just started this past academic year. So um, I think the PA profession is becoming uh, a widely more known. I think students realize, wow, I get to do all that and I you know, go to school for two years. And so it's, it's quickly become a popular, which in turn has become very competitive. Mm -hmm. And so um, KGI's sort of role in all of this is to uh, help students that specifically know that they want to go into the PA path um, gear all of their their academics towards it. There are a lot of programs out there that'll just say post-bac pre-health program so it's more of a general program. Um, I don't think there's a very specific uh, advantage or disadvantage to doing that. Um, I just I think one area that is definitely I think uh, uh, a nice added bonus for our students in the post-bag pre-PA is that uh, we do take uh, field trips. That's one of the ways that we really want students to learn is not by reading, not by looking at websites or brochures, but by going, visiting in person. So uh, we as a group uh, go and visit PA programs. And so with this year's uh, cohort, we were able to visit 12 different PA programs. Oh my gosh. Yep. So this is more than just being in the classroom, is what you're talking That's about. That's right. 
That's right. So, I mean, our students do take classes. So uh, KGI is a graduate school, as the name suggests. And so our students take courses like pharmacology, molecular biology, biotechnology, medical devices, medical diagnostics, bioethics, uh, biostatistics, uh, just various coursework that you wouldn't think uh, is necessary. They're certainly not necessary in the sense that they're not set requirements that PA programs will have, but certainly courses that will um, put sort of the minds and, and concerns of the admission committee to ease in terms of the student's ability to uh, succeed in a rigorous academic environment. And so uh, it's a combination of in-class uh, rigor as well as just making sure that our students are a lot more um, informed about the choices that they're making because uh, by visiting these different programs they're able to learn about the difference between the type of curriculum that a school might use uh, maybe perhaps the uh, admission requirements the mission statement um, just the overall experience of what it's like to attend a particular pa program and again uh, 12 schools these are public private small large continuing and therefore have been around for a while, or these are brand new uh, sort of provisional accredited programs that are going to be fully accredited in due time. And so our students learn quite a bit and they're able to actually on these field trips, not just get a tour of the campus, but really get to hear directly from the admission representative what the requirements are and you know what's sort of competitive at that school. Um, and also uh, an opportunity to meet with current students within that program, which is really, really helpful. So uh, that's, these, these are what sort of is the benefit of being in a formal structured post-bac program. Because remember, we talked about uh, the uh, do-it-yourself, where you basically find uh, local schools and just start taking classes on your own. So uh, you wouldn't have access to these types of co-curriculars. Um, also, we... We have GRE built into our program, just because oh. I know that some PA programs require the GRE, others don't. So in order to best prepare all of our students for whatever choices they make, uh, GRE prep is part of our program. Um, and so uh, those are just some of the benefits of a structured uh, post-bac program versus an a la carte. Interesting, okay. so. Talk to me a little bit about the accreditation of sure. your program and just in general post-bac. Sure. So accreditation is basically what we use to quickly assess the quality of a program or a school. Actually, accreditation is uh, done for schools, not necessarily for programs per se. Uh, when a school is accredited, that typically means that it's a reputable school that likely has access to government-backed uh, funding, financial, fin financial aid. Um, and so accreditation certainly is one quick way to sort of gauge uh, the quality of an institution. And most uh, universities and colleges in the U.S. are accredited. Uh, the programs themselves would fall under the accreditation, and so certainly uh, our, our programs being under KGI's accreditation um, is an indication that our programs are uh, of merit and, and quality. Um, but the programs themselves are not specifically evaluated, um, at least not externally, although that is something that I can foresee happening uh, pretty soon, only because I've served as an external reviewer. 
um, just the end of last year, I served as an external reviewer for uh, a couple of master's program at Montana State University. So um, certainly the programs that are constantly looking to improve will evaluate uh, their program. And so certainly that's, that's one indication. Um, I think the other more telling um, quality uh, is probably what most students uh, already know, which is what is, quote, the success rate. Right, so the outcome-based sort of inquiry is a quick uh, litmus for to gauge the quality of a pro program. So, if a program has a high success rate, uh, then certainly one could infer that it's a good good program. And if the acceptance or you know success rate is low, that is not a very good program. Uh, unfortunately for our program, I mean, this is our inaugural year. It's it's yeah. the first group of six students. Um, sometimes I joke that we only had one student, so. It, if he or she got in, we would have a 100% success rate. Um, so you just really got to look beyond just the numbers. And again, I'm proud of our program because it specifically is geared towards students who are interested in PA, not because they couldn't get into med school. In fact, uh, you know, these days, it seems that if you can't get into PA school, you got to settle for med school, you know, given how competitive and the admission numbers look. So, um, but yeah. So you said you have six students in this first cohort. Will in the future, like, um, y'all start in the fall with the new one, the new Correct. Cohort, Correct. So is there a cap or a certain number of students? Yeah, certainly. Um, we can't take four thousand. I mean, um, in terms of cap, I mean, I would say we're looking at roughly anywhere from ten to fifteen. Okay, nice 15. little small group is a small group and and again uh, we really uh, pride ourselves here at KGI in, in the highly personalized support I think uh, that's one of those factors that uh, seems to make a huge difference for students um, it's not so much their innate ability as much as um, you know individuals uh, sort of environment of support and guidance and so here at KGI we have uh, Right now, currently, 55 post-bac pre-meds and then okay. six post-bac pre-PA. And so each and every single one of those students um, has access to um, advising both online, in person. And again, you have to remember that KGI, we are just under 500 students total across uh, multiple programs. And so the level of support uh, and interaction for our students is, is great. I mean, this is, again, you know we spend a lot of time together. There's a very strong, cohesive collegiality. Uh, the best compliment our students uh, could give us is to say that, you know, it's not competitive, that it feels like being part of a family because we do travel together. And when we travel together, these students have to room together and eat breakfast together. So it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, and our students um, are amazing students. I would describe them as amazing B students. And so um, admissions being very competitive these days, uh, being an amazing B student uh, seems to fall a little short. But uh, spending a year or two has certainly led to uh, many, many students' success. And again, uh, for our pre-PA, we don't know what that number is yet, but we'll sure find out after this year's uh, CASPA cycle. And you'll share it, I'm assuming? <laughs> yes, to be continued. All right. Um, do the pre-med 
the people in the pre PA program take classes with the people in the pre-med program or are they separate? Oh, no, we don't quarantine students around here. We really believe in the interaction. And, you know, I'm sure you're aware of this and all your listeners as well. You know, right now, interprofessional education is so important. Um, healthcare providers working across disciplines, a dentist working with a pharmacist, working with the physician, working with the PA, working with a physical therapist. And so our interprofessional education is a little different because we have students that are maybe looking to go into industry. So by industry, I mean pharmaceutical sciences or biotechnology. So uh, these students have a slightly different goal of helping people using the sciences. Uh, they might be interested in becoming a project manager, maybe uh, being the coordinator of a clinical trial design or, you know, uh, project. Um, so they have an opportunity to learn among students that have different uh, career goals. But nonetheless, all of those professions fall under the larger umbrella of healthcare system. And so uh, that's where our pre-PA, pre-med, PhD, business and science, all of these students would be taking classes together. That's awesome. Yeah, my husband is a physician. Um, and he, so I graduated PA school after his second year of medical school. Mm -hmm. He didn't know what a PA was really or what a PA did until his fourth year of med school. I would come home and he would say, I was like, yeah, I took a cyst out today, did this. He says, you do that? Uh -huh. studying together and I would get the answer right to one of his step one questions. He's like, you yeah. know that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love that y'all are combining so that everyone gets to learn about each other's profession. Oh, absolutely. I think it, it really helps to learning. In fact, I know for a fact that, you know, when you take learners, uh, uh, you know, diverse backgrounds and diverse uh, learning uh, preferences, I mean, just uh, it really benefits everybody. So now we're very fortunate where we do have a, a pretty a wide diverse group of learners. I mean, in terms of so many different categories, I mean, not just race and ethnicity, age, gender, or geography. I mean, we do have students from all across the country, East Coast, the Midwest. Um, we could use a little more students from the South, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they would love, love to get some of that California sun. Um, all right. So what, so let's say someone's listening. They're like, this is what I've been looking for. Mm -hmm. I like, I, I need a post-bac program. I want to do this one. What next steps would they take? And then what does the commitment look like as far as length of the program, time there in class, sure. and then like, I guess schedule and then kind of money stuff too. Cause yeah. somebody's got to pay for it. Right. Got it. Okay. So, you know, post-bac programs are generally one or two years, and our, our one-year certificate program uh, is sort of what most students do. Um, but, however, we're seeing an increase in students that while they're applying, or what we call gap year, they're applying, but they're also finishing up the second year for a master's. Now, the question is, well, why are they doing that? I mean... Um, didn't they already finish the, the post-bac certificate? Uh, yes, um, but you also have to understand that their undergraduate academic record uh, is comprised of four, if not five years for some students, right? So to expect one year of great academic record to undo four, possibly five years of 
not so very good academic record, it, it's just not feasible, right? In some cases, mathematically, uh, you know, if you had a 2.2, and even if you get straight A's in the post-bac year, that just mathematically won't move the needle uh, to where you need it to. So uh, some students out of need, they will come back for a second year. Uh, others, um, just out of personal preference, will do one year. I think it also depends on what other opportunities they might have. Some of our students who choose not to come back, well, they have uh, EMT, paramedic jobs, uh, medical scribe certainly seems to be one of the popular ones these days. So we have some students who will do research. Um, so it really depends on what other opportunities uh, some of these students have um, in terms of, you know, uh, the finances. Uh, because we are at an accredited school, KGI, our students have access to um, uh, to, to loans, uh, low interest loans, um, okay. uh, private school. Um, they, I, their parents could also take out the, the plus loans as well. Our financial aid department, I mean, they will work with each individual student to help figure out how they might be able to uh, finance their school. And certainly, you know, that the finances is, is a conversation. I'm glad you brought it up, Savannah. It, it is an important one. Um, not that everything boils down to money, but certainly uh, we have to. It, it, it's a reality that I think all of our students should consider. Um, and so this is where, for KGI, it's, it's a nice sort of added bonus. And what I mean by that is because our school is a professional graduate school, and remember, uh, our students, some of them will go into the pharmaceutical or biotech industry. And so they are, after school, after KGI, going to go work for Eli Lilly or Johnson & Johnson or any of these companies. And so for students that do complete the master, it's almost as if they have uh, an insurance policy that if they don't get in to the program of their choice or to any program for that matter, they have sort of a nice consolation, if you will. I, mean, I hate to call it that, but again, I think for some students and families, when they are looking at it through a return on investment lens, um, it, it's an applicable one. I mean, uh, yes, you do that program with the chances of getting in, but what happens if you don't, right? I mean, I have yet to come across the program that has a 100% success rate. And so what happens if you're that one student who didn't uh, make it? Um, you're going to find yourself uh, more debt if you took out more loans, um, and then you'll have more transcripts, okay, so you have more grades. But really, what else do you have? And so for our students, it's a nice little insurance that um, if they apply and they don't get in, that they're able to go find a very uh, lucrative job that's going to allow them to start paying back their loans, um, not just their graduate loans, but, but their undergraduate loans as well. So uh, it is a uh, traditional academic uh, calendar, meaning that uh, school starts in August and okay. is finished in May. And we are on a, KGI is on a very uh, interesting hybrid model. We, we have both a semester and a quarter system. So some classes are 15 weeks long and other classes are eight weeks long. And so um, that allows our students to take many more classes than being in a traditional semester academic calendar. Nice. Okay, so when they're in class, is that an all-day thing or 
all every day week? Or? Yeah. So in terms of the schedule, the, the schedule of classes, um, I think most undergrad undergrad students know that uh, classes are either Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or you have Tuesday, Thursday. Or if you have a science Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the lab is on Tuesday or Thursday. I mean, that's a pretty uh, common uh, schedule design. For our students being in graduate school, our classes really run Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. And before everyone gets excited, Friday does not mean, you know, it's fun day and you just transition right into the weekend. In fact, our students are extremely busy uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because many of them are doing extracurricular activities like clinical work. Mm -hmm. They might be working. Uh, some of them are doing research. Some of them are tutoring. So, um, but our classes are typically uh, in the mornings. Uh, I would say about nine o'clock is the uh, earliest start time. And then uh, we have a few classes that might run until early evening, like 6.50. Uh, but the majority of the classes will fall between nine and five, okay. Monday through Cool. All right. Well, that sounds somewhat similar to PA school, actually. So, <laughs> um, all right. So I think you've given us a good just kind of background on KGI specifically, but then also just post-backs in, in general, you know, and I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you so much yeah. for taking your time, um, which I know you're probably super busy running these programs to share all that. Um, where can everyone just find more information and who should they contact if they have questions? Sure. If you have any other pearls that you feel like people need to know, feel free sure. to. Well, if they want to know more about our program, uh, they can certainly visit our website, uh, www.kgi.edu. And under the different types of programs, uh, there'll be a drop down menu and you can find the post baccalaureate, pre med, or pre PA program. And there they can sort of get the, the big overall picture. Um, but I would say one of the most amazing things uh, about our students is how open they are to sharing their experience with others. So, in fact, if your listeners want to go ahead and email me, uh, they can email me at j-o-o-n underscore k-i-m at k-g-i dot e-d-u. So that's june underscore kim at k-g-i dot e-d-u. And I'd be more than happy to connect them with a, a student. I mean, not an employee, uh, but of an actual student that is willing and happy to share their experience, good, bad, and everything in between of uh, what their experience has been. Uh, our commencement is next month, May 18th. So our time together is winding down, but certainly um, these students are really, really excited about the upcoming cycle. They know that they're not, they're not going at it alone. In fact, um, our final exam in our class uh, will actually not be a final exam, but rather they will be bringing their laptops to class to begin their application. And oh. so they'll be on their application and clicking submit um, as soon as possible. That's awesome. I love, I love it. It seems like it's just this great little support group of like cheering each other on. Cause it's a tough process. Like this is not, <laughs> Not no, you're right. And when you don't have anyone else going through it that knows what you're going through, it's even harder. So that is awesome. You're, I mean, you you really uh, hit it on the nail, uh, head on the nail, because um, you know to, to go through a very rigorous process, which uh, pre PA and PA certainly is, 
um, to be supported by others who share the same goal as you and really willing to uh, help one another. Um, the other thing that I really love to do is connect our alums to current students. So again, our pre-PA post-bac program is new, but that doesn't mean we have alums that aren't PAs today. In fact, uh, there's two PA uh, post-bac pre-meds who actually are PAs today now. They, so yeah. these two individuals have served as amazing references, have extended that I contact them if any other students are interested in the profession, and they are happy to come back and speak to our current students. So again, this is one of the really, really nice things about being part of the KGI community. We're talking about an extremely small community of uh, less than, uh, in terms of our post-bac program, so 55 plus 661, right? Wow. So, yep. Well, I'm, I'm sure you'll get lots of emails, um, but I'll put links to everything in the description and your email and everything so everyone can find you. And again, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I don't know how you find the time. I mean, you're full time and you're a full time educator. I mean, your, your listeners, everyone who's learning so much from you. Um, I wish I had someone like myself or yourself way back when I was potentially interested in the healthcare field. So thanks for what you do. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that just sheds some light on what you can expect out of a post-bac program. And also if you're on the fence about deciding if that's something you need to do, um, it gives you some direction. So Check out the Keck Graduate Institute program, and I'll put that link in the description for you. And then if you have any questions, reach out to me, and I'll try to give you answers, or you can directly reach out to them as well. But thank you so much for listening. If you're not already subscribed, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Leave us a review. Let me know what you thought of the episode and if we need to have more like this. So I will see you guys next week. Everyone have a good weekend.